You're gonna have fear when you're gonna look outside the aircraft and see the ground defiling at 300 kilometers an hour. It's always that adrenaline coming back and kicking off. Hi, I'm Captain Adam Morton with the Canadian Army Podcast. People sometimes think of the Army as a bunch of people running through the woods with guns blazing or kicking down doors. But in reality, there's a wide variety of specialization to help soldiers get the job done. And one of those specializations is paratroopers, soldiers who jump out of planes and helicopters to get to places where few others can. With me today is Master Corporal Nathaniel Bergeron Sénécal from 3rd Battalion Royal 22e Regiment from Valcartier, Quebec. And he's going to talk to us about all things paratroopers. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you very much. So, tell me about the first time you jumped out of a plane. What was that experience like for your first jump? The first jump, uh, I was, I uh, remember my first jump sitting in the uh, Hercules aircraft, the CC-130J. And it's a big plane, a lot of sound, the smell of the gasoline of the aircraft. And I was just sitting there in the chaos of the aircraft. At some point, we had the, okay, seatbelts off, stand up. And I was like, oh, okay, it's there. I'm going to jump from an aircraft. So everything was going through my mind. And when I jumped out of the aircraft, I was the second guy in the stick. So my section commander turned at me and he looked at me. He's like, if I'm jumping, you're jumping. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to jump, uh, <laughs> sergeant. And I just jumped. And at that moment, I was like really nervous. But when I was in the air, it was like a new world opening to me. Everything was calm. All the chaos in the aircraft wasn't there anymore. I was calm. All I could hear was the wind and the aircraft going out. And I was alone with myself, even if there were like a dozen more parachutists, but I was alone and it felt so great. And then you hit the ground and the chaos began again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I reached the ground, the chaos began again. And, uh, you know, oh, uh, we have to run and get out of the drop zone as fast as possible. And everything went back to uh, normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story. What made you want to be a paratrooper to begin with? When I joined the army on my... Uh, basic course in Saint-Jean, my warrant was a parachutist. And he was always talking about the parachutist being uh, the best of the best. So I wanted to join the best of the best, but my career led me somewhere else. But finally, I joined the parachutist company. And, you know, I was watching Band of Brothers too. <laughs> so uh, Band of Brothers was a series of parachutists uh, during Second World War. And all that, I was like, I want to make it there, and I want to be a parachutist in the Canadian Armed Forces. It's a great show, too, so anybody who wants to get pumped up, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, uh, jumping out of planes is a great experience for the right kind of person, but how does that become a role within the Army? What do paratroopers actually do? It's a fast insertion method. So basically, if you cannot reach the objective by uh, roads or ground, the aircraft is going to be the way to put more boots on the ground as fast as possible. If we take an example of the uh, Hercules, you can fit 40 jumpers with full equipment in the aircraft jumping. So it's 40 boots on the ground in about a minute or so. So if you have more than one aircraft, it's a lot of people during that 60 seconds that's going on the ground. And then, like you said, if it's hard to get to for whatever reason, it might just be faster to do it that way than any other complex way of accessing that terrain. 
Yeah, exactly. Because if you uh, come by the air, it's going to be easier to uh, drop out a parachutist because you can do it during night. So uh, you have the cover of night. And during the day, yes, visibility is going to be a bit better, but the enemy is going to see you too at the same time, you know? Right. So I understand that you're talking about the Hercules, which is a big aircraft that can fit a lot of people in it. Are there other platforms that you can use? Like, uh, you know, people talk about fixed wings, which are airplanes or rotary wings, which are helicopters. What are the platforms that are used for this? So basically, like you said, we have a all rotary wing that's going to be helicopter. So here in Quebec, we have access to the 430 Griffin. So it's a smaller helicopter. And then you have the Chinook that is going to be a larger helicopter with uh, two rotatory wings. And you can fit around uh, 20 parachutists. Then you're gonna have the fixed wing. Fixed wing, we have the CC-130J model Hercules. That's gonna be, a, let's say a medium plane. And the biggest plane we have is gonna be the Glowmaster. That's gonna fit more parachutists. We don't use it that often because we have so few of them in Canada and they're always used for other means, but uh, it's still a platform we can use to jump. And we have the smaller fixed wing that is gonna be a uh, Skyvan. Skyvan is most of the time, uh, it's gonna be civilian, pilots. We're going to see that more in uh, Trenton, the uh, the school, but it's still a platform we can use. Yeah. And speaking of the Globemaster, that is not a small airplane. If you haven't seen one, look it up because it's a big boy. <laughs> Obviously, paratroopers don't function alone. How do they kind of fit into the big picture if you're looking at an operation or an exercise? What piece does that really cover during an operation? The parachutists are going to be there a little bit earlier than the main body of uh, the forces. So basically, we have engineers attached with us. We're going to have some medics with us. Uh, we can have FUFAC, that is uh, artillery people, that um, they're going to be the one uh, calling artillery. So all these trades are going to be attached with us. So basically, what you want to do is you want to parachute your company before the main body. And then they can, with the engineers, you can blow up bridge, you can blow up antennas of uh, communication, you know, just uh, mix things up before the main body coming <laughs> to the objective. So kind of like soften things up a little bit and create a little bit of chaos so that there's maybe some distractions going when larger force comes in. Exactly. So you were saying, you know, maybe engineers, maybe medics, who, who can be trained to become a paratrooper? Basically, everybody can be trained to become a paratrooper. What we want is all people that are volunteers, right? And with a pretty much good physical fitness because it's hard to, you know, uh, jump from an aircraft and we have some physical fitness tests to pass before going on the course. But pretty much everybody, if they're a volunteer and they have the will to uh, parachute from an aircraft, everybody can do it. <laughs> that would be a tricky bit too. You have to be willing to do it. When you say you have to be physically fit, I mean, I think generally there's an expectation if you're in the army, you're going to be some kind of physically fit. But I don't think most people would think you have to be physically fit to jump out of an airplane. Why is that important? Because jumping out of the airplane is an insertion method. So when you're going to be in the aircraft or you're going to be in the helicopter, so basically what you're going to have is going to be your rucksack with you with around 24 to 72 hours of ration, ammunition. You're going to have your communication system inside. So basically you can have a rucksack weighing about 70 to 80 pounds sometime. 
And you're going to have your parachute on your back. You're going to have your reserve on your belly, your helmets, your weapon. Uh, you're going to have uh, snowshoes if it's winter. So basically, with all that equipment, you're about 325 pounds. And you have to run off the drop zone with that equipment and then carry on with your mission. And you're not just going to walk on the drop zone, right? Because if you're <laughs> jumping operationally, you're going to want to run, right? Yeah, because there's getting to the fight, and then you have to do the fight also, which is a whole other step. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Another big challenge is you're dropped off in the middle of nowhere. How do you get more food and more water and ammunition and all the stuff you need to operate when maybe the whole idea is you're in an accessible location to begin with? You can't get resupplied by road or anything else. How do you solve that logistical problem? If we can have a resupply by ground, it's good because it's easier for logistics. If not, we can use aerial delivery. So basically everything we need, ammunition, rations, water, special equipment, we can drop them from the air. So basically you can have the Hercules pass and drop equipment that are going to be rigged with parachutes and drop at your location. You mentioned nighttime jumping versus day jumping. What are the functional differences between that? Obviously, visibility is going to be a factor, but what are some of the challenges in operating in a night environment? Uh, when you're operating night, you don't have that much light on the ground. If we have the moon that's going to be there, it's a good natural lighting. It's easier to assess the ground, but in a exercise type of drop, we're going to have the drop zone that's going to be illuminated. So we're going to have the A letter where it's the impact point that's going to be illuminated with uh, some light on the side. If we're like jumping operational, you don't have any lights because you want to be as low visibility as possible. So basically, you're going to have to assess your drift on the ground with the moon. It's a lot more challenging during night than day, but yeah, if we have to do a drop operationally, we're going to use a probably night drop. Well, it is the infantry way to do the hardest way possible because in theory, <laughs> nobody else wants to do it that way. So you, it's easier, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People think that it's all easy, right? Because, you know, like, oh, brave soldiers, you're never scared. But being scared is kind of part of the job in a lot of ways. How do you handle maybe the fear that comes of stepping out that door? Oh, yeah. You're going to have fear when you're going to look outside the aircraft and see the ground defiling at 300 kilometers an hour. But when we're training, we're going to use like that sentence is what's going to happen on the word of command, go, blah, 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 go. At the word of command, go, people yell airborne and they're executing the task. So that's conditioning your brain to when we're going to be in the aircraft and I'm going to look at the light light's going to turn green. I'm going to look at the first jumper and say, go, drop my arm. In their head, it's going to be conditioned to, you know, just go. Yeah, it's that classic, it's the training response, right? Is if you do it yeah. enough times in a certain way, you're not thinking, you're just doing the thing. And then you have time to think about it when you're in the air. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You realize you're like, oh man, I'm, I just jumped from an aircraft, right? <laughs> So can you describe perhaps the different kinds of parachutes and what their purpose is? So uh, here at the jumping company, if you're in a jumping company, we're using static line round parachute. So uh, round parachute are going to be a faster rate of descent. And these parachutes are going to open automatically. So you have a static line that's going to be hooked 
on a cable inside the aircraft or they're going to be hooked on a ring inside the uh, helicopter if we talk about Griffin. And then they're going to be automatic opening. So when you're going to jump, the parachute is going to open automatically. These ones is the one we're using for training and for operations if we have to drop a mass body of uh, people. Then you have the square parachute that's going to be more like free fall parachute. So they're going to drop around 12,000 feet and they're going to be more maneuverable. So you're going to be able to increase your drift and face the wind and turn around. Difference with the round parachute, you're pretty much to the effect of the wind. So basically the wind's going to tell you where you're going to land. So that's why we're jumping only with 1,200 feet uh, with the round parachute. Speaking of that, I mean... It goes without saying that uh, there's a lot of steps between being in an aircraft and then being on the ground, and there can certainly be some safety challenges. What do you do to overcome the safety challenges of that kind of environment? To get really the best safety precaution before jumping, you have to stay current. What I mean about that is every three months, a jumper has to get requalified or recertified. So basically you're going around all the assessment you should go. So basically aircraft drill, what you're doing in the air, landing. So we have a certain apparatus in Quebec to uh, simulate how you land. And um, then you have to take care of the equipment. So basically all those safety precautions are to keep the jumper current. So tell us about the training. You know, you got to be fit. You're going to do your fitness test to make sure you're good to go. And then you're going to go on your basic paracourse or whatever else calls the jump course. What's that like? Basically, the jump course is going to be a two weeks of ground training, we call. So you're going to see everything you need to do before jumping, while you're up in the air, while you're in the aircraft, and when you're going to land. So the first week is going to be hard on lessons. So you're going to have a lot of lesson plan. And we use the EDI a lot uh, when we're teaching on course. So explanation, demonstration, imitation. So you want to make sure that the people are doing the correct drill because any mistake can lead to injury, right? Because nobody's going to jump with you on your first jump. So basically the first week is all training. The second week is all training with an assessment at the, the mock tower. So basically the mock tower is a platform. So people are attached with riser on a pulley and they're jumping the tower like if they were jumping from an aircraft. 32 feet is the height where if you become drowsy, you'll see it directly while you're looking at the ground. So you're getting assessed on that to lead you to the final part that is going to be the J stage, a jumping stage. That is the main body of the course. Oh, yeah. And obviously, that's where the fun begins. Yeah. So basically, uh, when you, you're doing your basic power course, you need to do a five jump. So first jump is going to be uh, with no equipment. Then your second jump is going to be only with your rucksack. Then the last three jumps are going to be with full equipment. So your rucksack, snowshoes, and your uh, personal weapon. And the last jump, so the fifth one, is going to be nighttime. You'll see people wearing like these pins or patches on their uniforms with like a little parachute and some wings, colloquially known as jump wings. Tell us about those. So basically, when you're getting qualified, you're going to receive your jump wings. Jump wings, you're going to have the maple leaf in the middle that is going to be red. So that means that you're qualified airborne. So you're qualified to jump out from an aircraft. What is going to be the difference if you're serving at the jumping company, it's Instead of having the red maple leaf in the middle, you're going to have a white maple leaf. 
So that means that you're serving or that you have served in a jumping company for at least a year. Oh, I didn't. I always thought the white maple leaf was your free fall ticket, but I'm not a jumper, so I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. So what's what's your biggest thrill being a paratrooper? My biggest thrill, every time I'm jumping, it's always that adrenaline coming back and kicking off. I'm always like nervous a bit, but it's in a good way, right? My biggest thrill now, other than jumping, is to see the new generation coming in. You know, I see myself and uh, those people when uh, I first joined. And for me, it's my paycheck just there. Because when I'm teaching on a course, I'm always jumping with my section. And when I reach the ground, I'm waiting for them at the rendezvous point. And when I see them coming back and look in their eyes, they're like, hey, Master Corporal, it was so awesome. I'm really happy and it makes my paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to come and talk to us about uh, being a paratrooper. Thank you very much for inviting me. Perfect. It was great. That was Master Corporal Nathaniel Bejeron Senecal from 3rd Battalion, Royal 22e Regiment. And I'm Captain Adam Morton for the Canadian Army Podcast. Morton out. <laughs> <laughs>